I just finished doing my uh, Where Are They Now blog post. Yeah, well, I saw that you were working on it. Yeah, that thing's a pain. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel trapped. Like, I have to keep doing yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plus, I like to see how my predictions come out that I make for all the players at the beginning of the year. Right, right. So, you know what's interesting this year? It looked like three-point shooting across all the players was down. And I wonder if that means it was down across the league. Like, if you look at three-point percentages across the league, I wonder if it's down. Well, at some point, somebody's going to figure out, you know, some kind of defensive innovation. Maybe that's been done. Maybe that's it's starting to filter over. But where that becomes less of a – offensive strategy to like just basically have people hoisting up these threes there's got to be a way to break that defensively well that's kind of what i wonder too yeah, yeah. if if we're seeing the effect of of defense on the three-point yeah. shot yeah but you know none of the kentucky players are very good no they're not you know they're not anthony davis is the best and yet I'm he's not, not even sure well yeah i mean he, he doesn't make a team win no, no, they won a playoff series last year, but well, and obviously he's turned into a jerk. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's like Carl Anthony Towns. You know, he has these amazing numbers. Yeah, but you know, the guy is going to be interesting. Who's going in the? Who it looks like is going to be a free agent this off season is Julius Randle. Oh yeah. So Randall had a player option with New Orleans. Everybody's assuming he's going to opt out of it and mm-hmm. test the open market because what Randall did this year is he added a three-point shot. Oh, okay. And he shot uh, 34% from three-point. Okay. So that was a huge boom for him because that had been one of the big knocks on him. Yeah. Was that he couldn't space right. the floor like you need a power forward to. So he may end up being the new Patrick Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be about right. I mean, he's the same body type. And, yeah. 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 Patterson put together a long, you know, he's put together a long career. That would be interesting that. to look at, like, to take the different colleges and look at the winning percentage of the teams that they play for, you know, by minute. And I can also factor the number of minutes so you get some sort of, like, influence on the win or loss. No, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To see who, which school is producing the players that most contribute to success, overall team success. It's yeah. funny when you think about the top players in the league, like Kevin Durant was with Barnes, right, at Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron didn't play in college. Curry was at a small college. Davidson or yeah, Davidson. yeah, I forget. But – you know, you wonder how many of these guys are even come from the big one-and-done programs. I don't know. Yeah, let's see. Um, I think Clay Thompson. WSU. Oh, is that right? Yep. Yeah. So that, that would be Rick's. No, yeah. You could probably think- run something like that through uh, basketball reference because they have – where they went yeah. to college and stuff tied in there. Well, and what you would want to do, I think the way to, so, so the formula has to not only somehow, it has to be connected to wins and losses, but also like minutes per, 
you know, victory or loss. So, you know. Well, you can look at their plus minus in relation to the team's, uh, um, the team's performance, you know, because, like, they've really improved the plus minus stuff. You'd be very happy. Oh, really? Have you, have you looked at all the new? Yeah. yeah. You'd be really happy with it. They've really, that's become, uh, it's made a huge comeback recently in stats. Um, like, now they're breaking it down by, like, how a team does plus minus when that guy's on the floor, off the floor, all this stuff. How many stuff. screens do you have in front of me? Just two. Just two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to find – I've heard him talk about the plus minus stuff a lot lately. So yeah. I figure you'd be, you'd be into that. Yeah, I would have to, too. Yeah, check that yeah. out. Well, that would be the – yeah. Yeah, I would like to, to see. And they're looking at – what they're looking at, too, is, like, how the team performs, not just offensively but defensively, when the player's on the floor. Yeah. Right? What the plus-minus thing is for when they're on the floor, when they're off the floor. So they're trying to look at the total impact of the player on the team. Yeah. And that's what they're talking about. Like, I heard a whole conversation around that this year about Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, his numbers, if you look at his plus minus numbers, they're really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, so people say, well, is Towns the problem? Maybe he's not the problem. Maybe something else is the problem there. But he's the big name and they can't win. Yeah. So. Right. I, so the whole, I get it when people talk about, and again, it sounds like they've innovated these statistics a lot. And I get it when people used to say like, well, plus minus, like it's problematic in terms of like, you know, if, if there's garbage time and things like that. And I get that, that it can't, um, the limitations of it. But to me, it still seems like it's the one, it's the statistic that everything else should inform, you know, that it should be kind of like the most base statistic that you look at for right. evaluating a player because that's all that matters is ultimately how does it affect the scoreboard? And then you might be able to find some things out about how does, how is plus minus affected if like we take out a, if we take away a player that averages, you know, 20 points a game on 40% shooting over the course of his career. And what if we put in a player that averages 15 points a game on 42% shooting? Now, how does that affect everybody's plus minus on the side? But ultimately, right. that plus minus, you know, that's going to be your plumb line. Uh, I would think so. And I think that's kind of the root. Like, I was listening to, um, who's that podcast? The Low Post, with Zach Lowe. Do you know? I know, like, three podcasts. There's yours, there's ours, <laughs> there's Tony the- Klein. So and Zach then there's Lowe, the other one that I subscribe to that I don't re- listen to. Zach Lowe was with um, uh, Grantland. Okay. And he's a big stats guy. And he has yeah. a big, like, he's got it. Like, he's part of this whole group of young um, NBA coverage people that, um, yeah. like, he's friends with all those guys. And they all come on his podcast. Um, and a lot of the execs come on his podcast as well to talk about how they're looking at numbers and stuff like that. And 
So he did one recently where they were doing their like all NBA team, him and him and Wojnarowski or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And they were all basing it. The, the, the stat they kept going back to the most is all this plus minus stuff. Okay. Which I was very intrigued by. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> I used to, when I was writing about the WNBA, one of the team's um, media people, um, he was, he was always into this sort of like looking at statistics and he, he just loved it to kind of like turn statistics on his, on their head and sort of like talk about them. But one of the things was, is he, he was really trying to encourage the coaches to commit to a strategy where you always look for the unhot player when you come down the floor, right. you know, the whole idea is you revert to mean, right your statistics always revert to me. And so like the play, the player you want to pass to is the unhot player, because if they miss their previous shot, you know, by and large players, you know, you know, of course, you know, if a player is 25% shooter versus 75%, that's, that's, you know, changes the numbers, but it's like, let's just pretend that everybody's a 50% shooter. You always want to be passing to the person that just missed because it's more likely they're going to hit the next time they, they shoot and if a person hits then don't pass to them so this person did not believe in um uh momentum right right <laughs> actually right. yeah right right it's like right. the opposite of the hot hand it would be the unhot hand right you know well now, they should be a big they should be a big bill barnwell fan then <laughs> is that right well you know he became the uh, bill barnwell made a name for himself with this one article he wrote years ago he was writing for football outsiders. That's how he got his start. And he wrote a piece about momentum. Okay. Like how there is no such thing in football. Right. right. And he did all this statistical breakdown of all these games and proved that like momentum doesn't exist. Like it just doesn't yeah. exist. And so, and he said like, since that he doesn't know if that's true or not, but you know, he was right. trying to write a piece, you know, right. Right, right, right. But no, that's all he hears about from everybody all the time is his momentum beat. So, so <laughs> the nihil—I mean, this kind of like nihilist strategy, you know—that's what I used to kid him about. It's like this nihilist basketball that he's like proposing. And the th- the thing that I always tell him about what I love the idea of is that it, so at some point, okay, the the coach that truly commits to this and gets a whole team that's truly committing to this at some point they just like every shot clock possession just expires without any shot because it's, you know, if you got, you have to keep on bringing people off the bench to find a person that didn't hit their most recent shot. And then once, (laughs) once you get, you know, basically 12 people, whatever you got on the, on the squad, you get 12 people who hit their last shot. Literally no one can shoot. Right. (laughs) Based on dribbling the ball. That's it. You know, you know, (laughs) I love that idea of like, uh, but and, and the other thing too is is that what you do here is people who actually like have played basketball or or whatever probably football and that sort of thing, they might not be able to sort of like support it by numbers. But like I was talking to a friend of mine, I play on on Thursday nights with a group at the church, and a guy who was quite a good high school player, he said, yeah, he said, but there is something about that like you're just loose, more confident, like you just like what you hear all the announcers say, you know, like. The people you just want the ball. You just want right. the ball because it feels well, so. The Golden State Warriors are the ultimate at getting the hot hand the ball. Yeah. Right. When Clay right. Thompson's hot, 
they feed Clay Thompson the ball. Right. It's just nonstop. Like they never yeah. see, I actually think there's if when you bowl, mm-hmm. it's more likely that you're gonna get two strikes in a row. Yeah, then get one. Then to get one and then one here. Yeah. Because because you kind of have this vibe that going. That feels correct. That feels right. good. Well, this guy would say it may feel – this guy and that one version of Bill Barnwell would say that may feel correct, but you're tricking yourself. And right. so, like, I would like now, like the Washington Wizards, just to hire this guy as a coach and GM and give it a whirl. <laughs> <laughs> just totally – just totally – so in. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what the Wizards – the Wizards are in a weird situation. I mean – You've got one good player, mm-hmm. essentially. Wall can't – he's going to be out all next year. Yeah. So why not just trade Beal for what you can get and start rebuilding the team? I don't know. It's just tank. It's so, it's so impossible. The salary caps and, and all this kind of stuff, it's – Well, you're not going to win with Beal. You know, you have to find that one or two players that you can actually win, like that can lead you to win. Yeah. Right. There's so few in the in the NBA that can do that. Yeah. And so, you know, the dream of Wall and Cousins is dead. They're both too injured now to play, right. and uh, and they're on their way down. Like they're past the peak sure. of their career. Been in the league for like ten years or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, my I've, I'm sad about Cousins, I have to say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. I'm sad about both of them. Boogie. <clears throat> I was really hoping Boogie would have a great a great year for sure State this year. But. Yeah. Yeah. wonder if he'll even come back. I guess he will. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll – but I, I'm, I'm, he'll be looking at another one-year deal, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if it is a multi-year deal, it's going to be pretty low money. Yeah. You know, relatively speaking. I actually do remember, I mean, uh, last season, I got into the Pelicans a little bit because when they had Cousins and Davis together. And, of course, Darius Miller was playing for them. And I was actually watching when Cousins uh, blew out his knee, blew out uh, his or whatever it was. Uh, last year or ligament and it was just so deflating it was just so so deflating it really was because it was like oh wow they're playing a different you know these two uh giant men you know they were really doing something different and it was fun to watch them well i actually think they were figuring it out i mean i think in the i think in the playoffs they might have actually made it to the third round because they where they really fell apart in the playoffs last year was they needed a third scoring option. Mm-hmm. You know, once they got past Portland, I forget who they played next, but they had no third scoring option. Golden yeah. State, I think, is who they played next. And, you know, Golden State could easily shut down Davis and, and yeah. um, I forget the other guy's name now. But, you know, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, yeah. But yeah. – I don't know. You know, I got down on Davis actually after that in the off season last year because it it, it kind of came out that you know he was not very happy with Cousins there and didn't want. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I want to know like um, 
I want to know if teams are doing things like, I guess, I'm sure it's already been reported. I just never pay attention to it. But I wonder if, um, I was listening to yesterday's episode of Kornheiser and uh, him and Wilbon talking about the NBA playoffs. And it makes me wonder about if, if like a team, like let's say you're Houston, would you try to engineer like if you cannot if your roster is more thin than Golden State's, but you feel like that your first team roster, like if you can hold it together, you could actually compete with them. But you absolutely cannot withstand, you know, whoever going out. I forget who they lost last year to an injury. But anyway. Uh, yeah, their point guard. So uh Chris Paul. Yeah. So um would you consider trying to engineer yourself into the eight spot so you play them earlier in the playoffs? You know, like usually you want to push it off. Like you want to go to the higher seed and push off the higher opponent to the end. Right. Somebody else can knock them off. But if you look at the whole landscape of teams and legitimately think no one else can beat them, if you want to get them sooner so that you have more likelihood that you have your full roster available. That's like an interesting thought, actually. Where you try to put yourself at eight and get the eight-one matchup. And, uh, yeah. I well, definitely this year, everybody was trying to get to that seven spot to play Denver in the West. Yeah, right. Right, Because everybody knew that if you could be seven and you played Denver, that was the weakest team the in the top yeah. four. And, right. um, and OKC was apparently trying to get to that six spot so they wouldn't have to. They were trying to do the opposite. They were trying to get to the point where they wouldn't have to face Golden State until the final, mm-hmm. right? Conference final. So, right. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know. That's an interesting thought, actually. You, you probably like that, um, that Zach Lowe podcast. It's it's a great name, by the way. The yeah. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah. So, but I I listen to it once in a blue moon. I'll listen to an episode. If he has somebody on there I, I like to listen to, I'll listen to it. Um, I'll tell you what, was there ever, I mean, honestly, our blog could be called the Heath Post. That's the perfect name. What do you mean? It's the perfect name for our blog, the Heath Post. Oh, the Heath Post. That, like we all, <laughs> three of us, worked on the Heath Post before the inter- you know, before we understood the internet or knew what it was going to be. And that, that like it became a generic, then blogs come about and it becomes a generic that instead of calling them articles or instead of, you oh, know, they're called posts. Right. They call them posts. And now, you know, our uniting thing is Heath. And it was like, oh my gosh, that's the perfect name for this blog. I never thought about the post part before, actually. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyhow, enough about the NBA. There's not much. I don't. You know, the thing is about the NBA is, I'm more like Kornheiser. There's not much intrigue. No. Until you get maybe the second round. You know, the East second round should be interesting because nobody really knows which of those four teams is the best. Yeah, it's all junk. The uh, even that's not going to be any good. The this is where if you go back. Uh, Go Heath got so into we laughed about this pretty recently really there are about there's about five years ago I had kind of forgotten that this was out there but Go Heath was like posting all through the season about the NBA 
he got so into uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And he was like riding on, he was staying up and watching all these games and writing all these reports about, you know, matchups and this sort of thing. And then the next season, he was just like, well, I'm not going to, I think he said he wasn't going to watch anything unless the Warriors got down three games to one. Right. And until then, he wasn't even going to watch any of the games. And that's what right. he did. And that turned I remember out that. Be right. Yeah. That turned out to be Well, right. that's the biggest problem with the NBA. Right. 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 It's so predictable. I, I do agree with Kornheiser. I think they'd be better served to do a 2 3, 3 5, 4 7, oh, 4 7, 4 I mean, if you, want, if you want it to be less predictable, and right. this is kind of what Kornheiser and Wilbon were talking about yesterday, you know, Kornheiser wants it to be less predictable. <laughs> and if that's the case, sure, you'd be a bunch better off going right. down to one, just one and done series all the way through, you know, one and done playoffs and just have a tournament over the course of a week. Wouldn't that be great? What if we had an N- like a NBA Sweet 16? That'd be kind of cool. It'd be very cool. And then, in fact, what I would do if I were them, just play all year round. Do do one after the season. Do one after the current playoffs. Do the whole playoffs, and then come back and have. You could just play a series of round robin tournaments the whole year. Yeah. And that would be kind of interesting. And then at the be. end of the year, you could have like the two teams who won the most round robin uh sure. tournaments could match off in like a two out of three or what if you just structured it like boxing what if you just structured it like boxing and you had a championship belt <laughs> and just teams like you set up some schedule or teams could challenge each other whatever they schedule right. and you know if you won if you beat the warriors tonight you're the new champion i see that i have a problem with i i think the baseball playoff thing is idiotically stupid Mm-hmm. It's. I feel like after 162 games, yeah. they shouldn't come down to one, one game. game. Right. One game. I think that's idiotic. And yeah. <laughs> you know, personally, I think after 162 games, you should just take the top two teams, yeah. one in the American League, one in the National League, and just have them play the World Series. I would agree with that. I would agree um, with that. Because yeah. that's a lot of games. Yeah. To come up with nothing, and but 82 games is a lot of games in the NBA, but. I still think they'd be better served to do a two out of three for that first series. That's yeah. all, it goes on and on. And by the time they get to the finals, I've completely lost interest in the NBA. Yeah. Cause it's like July or it feels like it's, you know, summer and yeah, I don't it care. Is. It is. They play, they, I think they play into July. I do think golf has made a smart move by moving the PGA into, into May. I'm curious. It's all over so quickly though. The majors are all done now. Like, well, but see, they they're trying to they're trying to build up that FedEx Cup thing. Yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. Well, and I guess it worked last year. They got Tiger to win the at the end. That's right. Yeah, I guess it's working. Well, no, you know, like you're not going to watch the PGA with the chance to Tiger. Oh, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. <laughs> but then I'm always like, you know, you get to like it's like a month from now they're all going to be over. I mean, they're all going to be done. You know. And that's just it. It's like there's a well, period. It's four months. Right. One know. each month. It doesn't feel that way. Because it's still like other sports are going on. But now it feels like it's just like all of a sudden. like It's just like every weekend you got a major or something. But. Yeah, but the problem is they get lost. I mean, the problem for golf is with their numbers. Tra- oh, but mom has come with a great idea for golf, by the way. Okay. And I actually do think this is a brilliant idea. Yeah, let's hear it. Men and women play together. Okay. Just combine the LPGA and the PGA together. Okay. 
And, and women continue to tee off from the women's exactly. Team. Women still tee off from the women's team and tee off from the men's team. You still have a women's champ. You still have a men's champ, but then you also right. have an overall champ. Okay. Right. I like and it. And her take on this is it would help to grow the sport. Yeah. Because you get women more sure. involved in wanting to play golf. Right. And it would add like an intriguing layer of competition. Right. You can have in golf that you really couldn't have in any other sport. Yes, that's exactly right. No, it definitely and, uh, lends itself to that. I think it's a brilliant idea. I really yeah. like this idea, actually. It honestly would take like 80 years to get that through. Oh, it, it, it would never happen, but, you know. Well, it could. I mean, they should know, do at least. Got an LPGA well, all they have to do is start with one tournament, right? You start with one tournament, you take yeah. the top 50 players from the women's LPGA, yeah. the top 50 players from the men's, right. you combine them together. Or you do something like the Ryder Cup, mm -hmm. where you take the you have the men's team versus the women's team. Yeah. But you put the women in a position where they're on equal footing with the men. Essentially, is what you're trying to do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You um, balance for the. Difference. Yeah. 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 What was oh, that ding? Oh, it's a message. I get my message. Oh. Someone. So. All <laughs> right, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Bye. This was fun though. No, I like that idea. And it makes me, what I'm sitting here thinking is, is, wow, like this is what Kentucky should do is they should host, they should host this men's, women's thing. I think it's a great idea. I, you know, it's, maybe this should be a PGA event at Paxton Park. <laughs> uh, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. I'll take this. <laughs> goodbye.